Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This, 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 is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, being an award winner gets a little bit too much for Nick. His taste in music leaves a lot to be desired as well. Potentially, but then, you know, One Direction is, was completely owned, managed and put together by Simon Cowell and they're not fucking complaining. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, well... How have you got One Direction into a fucking UFC show? How has that happened? And why you? Why One Direction? And as well as talking about the UFC and various aspects that have happened this week, have you seen the new Reebok ad with Paige Van Zandt? What the F? That's SoCal Beauty. That's what I was just about to bring up. The girl next door, right? Oh, no, no, no. They've turned her into the slag next door. That's what they've done. (laughs) This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome to episode 98 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Thank you so much for being on board. Um, If this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, go to our website and subscribe. You'll never miss out on our weekly content every thursday we release a ufc show fightdisciples.com is where you can find it we're also on social media at fight disciples on facebook twitter and instagram and now ladies and gentlemen we are award-winning yes we're going to keep ramming this right down your throats why because we've got 12 months to brag and then somebody might come along and pippers uh, no chance you reckon bring it on bring going it back on. In? are we going back in for a two-time listen you you went there you went amongst the magic that free bar doesn't run dry son we are going back to retain the title. The thing is, though, I mean, we are talking about fight sports, and within fight sports, there's quite a lot of superstition. So, therefore, I've no doubt you're now going to ban me from any award ceremony that we're ever invited to or shortlisted yeah, for in the future. True. That's true, actually, yeah. So, because I wasn't a part of it, you're going to kick me out. So, me and Michael probably head back. Uh, we may even take take our partners with us as well. No, that, no, we no, no, you, we'll no. Take, you, Ka- take Katie with us. Take my wife. We'll take your wife with us as well. Yeah. Take Jane with us. Take Amy with us. We'll yeah. all go down there. But I'm not allowed to go. What you'll have to do is you'll have to cross over to Wembley and Stand sit up. and sit and watch. A, you know, take your phone with you and watch a, a replay of Klitschko versus Joshua. You're forever going to pay that penalty now because you went there. You're going to jinx us. Either that or just go round Anthony Joshua's house, watch him through the window. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Catherall. Um, we've had a complaint. <laughs> You're looking through the windows of the uh, unified heavyweight champion of the world. Please, can you come with us? I'll get carted off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we are award-winning, um, mainly because we knock out a lot of nonsense on a week-to-week basis. And there's something that I actually forgot to talk about on yesterday's show regarding our trip to London towards the award ceremony and obviously towards Joshua Klitschko, which I want to talk about right now because I don't want to let your wife down. Mm-hmm. And it's about your fucking snoring, is what oh, I, yeah. I want to bring up. She mentioned it. She Literally. was like, did, 
I hope he brought it up on the on the show, and I was like, actually, you know what? That's the one thing we didn't talk about. Well, yeah, I missed it on yesterday's show, and it's probably one of the biggest things that happened over the weekend. So, uh, obviously, we were sharing a room because we're tight and we don't want to get individual rooms. So, we're all sharing a room. He's had a skin full of ale from this free bar at this award ceremony. Um, and honestly, it sounded like a lawnmower was going off all night. <laughs> I've got um, a six-month-old baby girl at my house at this moment in time. She's mine. I haven't nicked her or anything. She's mine. <laughs> and she's currently teething. Now, I would rather spend my night getting up every hour with her to calm her down and get her back to bed than spend the night with Nick Pete. Honestly, it is relentless. It's a pneumatic drill going off in the corner. How does your wife even sleep in the same room as you? Yeah, she sent me this. This was me the other night. Because the next morning she was like, you're snowing's unreal. You hear that? Unreal, and I'm like literally. Keep that going, keep that going, because that's because because people will listen to that and go, I can't last all night. That is all night. He is non-stop, non-stop. (laughs) That brilliant. That's the first thing Jane said to me last night. She was like, "Can I?" When I listen to the show tomorrow, does Adam go on about your snoring? And I was like, "You know what? He totally forgot to mention it. That's so funny." And she was like, "You should have played him that audio I taped of you the other night. It was ridiculous." Because she's up with the two kids, and if she's not with the two kids, she's up with me snoring. It's nothing bad how, how does she even put up with that? You can't live <laughs> like that, man. She needs to All go right, take it easy. No, she does. She needs to get herself <laughs> her own bedroom. That is absolutely <laughs> relentless. Whew. You need to go and see someone. You, you need to get you need to get your nose widened or something. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of boxes out there that would do free of charge. Mm, absolutely. Um, if you are a snorer. You can't be in this man's category without any shadow of doubt. Maybe that's the second award. If there's, I'm going to look for an award category for snoring, see if we can enter something like that, because that audio would comfortably qualify us. I reckon you could get something on the NHS for that, 100%. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's talk UFC, because there's a lot going on in the world of UFC. Even though there's not been any fights to talk about over the last weekend... And uh, this weekend coming, because we're all building up towards UFC 211, uh, there's still quite a few talking points. We're big fans of The Ultimate Fighter. Huge fans of it. Absolutely loving it at this This season's been awesome, hasn't it? It's been great. It's been one of the best seasons for a while, this 25. Absolutely. For those that are not following it, basically, it's uh, Tough 25. They've invited back um, lads that have fallen short of previous seasons. So all these previous fighters are fighting each other. It's fantastic. Some of your favourites from previous seasons. Some that maybe should have gone on and won some seasons. Some that got knocked out in the preliminaries. They're all in it. But the main attraction for me is the two coaches, the narrative between the two coaches. You've got Cody Carbrandt, who is currently the world champion, against his old uh, Team Alpha Male teammate in TJ Dillashaw. And it goes off. Every single episode, it is going off, referring to him as a snake. For those that don't know the backstory, basically, uh, TJ was part of uh, Team Alpha Male, where Cody grew up doing his thing with Uriah Faber. It's their gym. They're all happy, happy, happy. Um, and then he decided to move when one of Team Alpha Male's coaches decided to go and set up by himself. So TJ went with him, um, and now he's being referred to as a bit of a snake, which kind of throws us back to a previous tough where Conor McGregor was one of the coaches with Uriah Faber, and he actually brought it up. Conor was the first one to bring it up, referring to TJ Dillashaw as a bit of a snake, and now Cody's saying, Conor was right, you were a snake. And there's this lovely little narrative that's running through the whole reality TV show where they're just going at each other. All the time, referring to him as a snake. You kicked me out of the gym. No, I didn't kick you out of the gym. I left the gym. All this type of stuff. It's absolutely fantastic to watch. Just to throw a little bit of sugar on top of this this week, 
Cody's got engaged, right? Mm-hmm. He has uh, asked his uh, girlfriend for a long period of time to marry him. She said yes. Fantastic. We celebrate that with you, Cody. We know that you're a part of this um, and that you are our friend on social media. And every now and again, you interact with us. If you're listening right now, we wish you all the very best. But he's put a post out saying, Cody No Love is in love. I am now obviously getting myself married to the girl that I of my dreams. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw has posted on that post, wishing him all the best. He said, listen, our rivalries aside, I wish you all the best. This is a great achievement, finding a life partner. Cody said, fuck all back. <laughs> so get ready. It's going to go off at tough. At some point over the next couple of weeks, I have no doubt. Up with itself, yeah, it's yeah. going to go off again, you know what I mean? Because TJ, I think, was being legit, saying, listen, man, rivalries aside, I mean, you don't like each other. I wish you all the best with your engagement. Cody's having none of it. Absolutely no, no. none of it whatsoever. So they're probably, you know, they're probably well into recording now, if not, you know, just finishing off the recording of Well, the, these two have the to show. fight each so other as the finale. Obviously, they, they've got the, the finale fight. At two, well, they're fighting a 2 one, 3 aren't they? The yeah. Headline on the night after the finale show. So it's inevitable it's going to happen, but it's, you know, it's kind of... Is that was that TJ's subtle dig though as well? Was it as well of poking the beard, I think? You see what it is. Because on the show you can TJ's all like laid back and cool and like, listen, on the I'm show, quite articulate. You're a bit of a young dick. I like I on the show, TJ's coming across really, really well. I yeah. like him. Beforehand, I was all oh team no love, mate. I'm all Cody. Cody, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. But just through the whole process of watching Tough. I kind of feel a little bit fatigued. I don't know whether he's snaking me out here. I don't know whether he's throwing me a curveball. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I kind of like the guy now. I, I really like TJ. I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still good mates with Dwayne Ludwig as coach. Like, I'm, I'm massive fans of what they're doing on that team. But you know, I've got pl- a little bit of ink myself. I've got a soft spot for anyone that's got a bit of ink, and that's why uh, I think we're. Team, we were started off as Team No Love, but you think you're going to you're going to flip flop, aren't you? By the time the fight comes along, mm. you're going to be Team TJ. No, one hundred percent. No, I, I won't. Tell. I won't. I won't because I put see, I put Cody on the cover of my penultimate issue of Fighters Only before I left that magazine. So you know, I've I've literally got off the phone with him weeks ago. So I'm feeling Cody No Love at the moment, oh, but mate. I can tell you're flip flopping. You're snaking. No, I, I just I just I my animosity towards TJ isn't as bad as it was. And maybe by the end of tour, I don't know. Maybe Mate, at the end of tour, we're only two episodes in. Yeah, maybe at the end by of the tour, end I might of like the tenth episode or something. You're gonna have TJ T-shirts on mm. and everything. Uh, one dude that I definitely like at this moment in time is Al Yakinta. Um, we spoke about him on uh, last week's show. This geezer yeah. is a legend, right? Once you once you poke the bear, get out the way and, ju- and, and don't poke it again. No, he, he don't give a shit. No. He keeps going back in. So for those that don't know this, Al Yakinta obviously uh, decided that he didn't want to participate in the New York show because the money was crap. That's his own words. He's got a real estate business. He said, I can earn more money there, so that's where I'm going. Anyway, last week he rocks up, does an unbelievable job, sensational victory, but not only then celebrating his victory on his uh, comeback to the UFC, he's not. I think he's only fought like once in two years or something ridiculous, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, he comes back and then starts gobbing off again, giving Dana White a lot of abuse and just giving everybody a lot of abuse in, yep. in the UFC, calling them a lot of shithouses, which is fantastic. I love this narrative. Do it once, great. But he's also asking for a pair eyes at the same time, by the way. So he's giving yeah. the boss a lot of abuse. He's asking for a pair eyes at the same time. Do it once and leave it. No, not Al Yakinta. He just keeps going. He's been doing it all last week. Social media, he's blasting that. He's blasting all the fighters that are calling him out. I love the guy. I can't get enough of him. Did you see um, Dana was on the cover? Dana White was on the cover of like Men's Health America. Yeah. And it said something like Warrior King. 
that never was. And and I Quinton message going, what are you king that never was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fucking With hell. the picture. But, yeah, no, exactly. So, so Dan is there pausing, he's got his muscles out and all this type of stuff and he's like going, what are you king? Photoshop to fuck, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Warrior king that never was. So basically just taking another dig at a man that makes a lot Unreal. of money out of people that are putting their lives on the line. Unreal. Mm. Um, also, as part of that narrative, a guy that we, again, a guy that we hated, but now we're starting to love a little bit, Mike Perry, Platinum Mike Perry. He started getting involved in the conversation. He wants a piece of how you can say that, even though there's um, the, 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 the chances of that fight happening are, are minimal because I don't think how you can is going to get another shot. Maybe, or, or will he get another shot? I don't know. Will, will, will the UFC continue to work with him I don't know. with the way that he's behaving? Don't forget, you see, Dana's famously in the past, guys he doesn't like, he's give the guys in the opposite corner extra cash to fucking do a number on them. <laughs> He did it when Tito fought. He did it when uh, Dennis Holman fought in them speedos and he yeah. paid the guy a bonus to kick his ass. I could literally see Danis pulling Mike Perry and going, listen, son, you knock this boy out. I'm going to quadruple your wages for the night. Do a number on him. And that's kind of, you know, Dana does take these things personally. I'm so he probably should because it's mm. been a, quite a personal attack by I Quinta. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, if I Quinta did get another fight, but he fucking certainly won't be matched easy. He'll be matched hard. And someone like Mike Perry... Could be the one to put a heavy, heavy shot on his chin. I think they're slightly weight divisions apart at the moment. Yeah, they aren't. They? That's right. To, yeah, I was going to lose. They'd have to meet in a bit of a, a cross weight or whatever, or I Quinta move up. But at the end of the day, they're both in the game for the money, aren't they? So love my again another guy that uh, polarized our opinion probably this time last year. But Mike Platinum, Mike Perry, he has been on an absolute. Uh, he knocks people out for fun. Just on him, how how far away do you think he would be from a shot at Tyrone at 170 pounds? Uh, he's still some way. He's not even top 10 yet, is he? Mm. He's, he fought someone in the top 10, fringe top 10, Alan Juban, yeah. who, who's around 8, I'm guessing, without looking at the rankings. And uh, Juban just handled him, handled him. like He's still some way off. Mike Perry, he's not rounded enough yet. But he's one of those fighters that it doesn't matter where he's ranked because he's just fun. Stick him on any main card, someone's getting knocked out. I think that's what we like about Mike mm. Perry. It was kind of, and this is how we start. We, we started liking Francis and Gano though as well. And this is why we like Mark Hunt. You know, it, the, these guys aren't necessarily got all the tools in the trade and are knocking on the door. And these complete fighters, these are just the fun fighters that are just added to any UFC card they get added to. Yes, that fight's going to be fun. We've got to see it, and that's why uh, Mike Perry should stay like that. Stay as being a fun fighter. You know, don't worry. He's he hasn't he's not rounded enough as proved by Alan Juban to realistically challenge Tyron Woodley. But what he is is super talented at knocking people out. So just let him knock people out and keep matching them that way. You mentioned Big Frank there, your big mate from uh, yeah. from France. Where it's it's a weird story this because obviously there's a couple of French kids now coming through that you're a massive fan of, but. Um, for those that don't know, mixed martial arts in, in France is banned. You're not yep. allowed to do it. So therefore, yep. you've got to kind of train elsewhere and do your thing elsewhere. Francis Nagano was obviously taking this to the next level. Uh, the Predator has made an announcement on the social media over the last 24 hours uh, that he's moving to Las Vegas. He's up in sticks. He's coming out of France and he's going over to Vegas. Not announcing any particular gym that he will be working with at this moment in time. Yeah. Which kind of leads us to a lovely little suspicion that you've got. Yeah, well, the... Um, when he, when I first heard he was moving over there, I was thinking like Syndicate or Extreme Couture or one of these big gyms, maybe even Vand, Vandalay's gym. Um, but then on the same day, it just seemed to happen that CNN had been to the UFC's new super office. Now I've been to the old UFC office and that was like fucking the Trafford Centre. So the new office is even bigger again. Mm. Um, 
and apparently on site as well now they've got the athlete performance center yeah where they're going to have the ability to rehabilitate to train to fo- to do everything you'd need to do if you're an athlete so now I'm kind of thinking is is Naganu the first of maybe a handful or more fighters that are going to be based out of the UFC's own headquarters because listen if the, if the UFC have just built a brand new facility for their for their whole entire operation global operation and it includes a gym you better believe that gym will be fucking cut and edge mm. so you ain't going to get facilities like that anywhere else never mind Las Vegas probably anywhere else in America it's starting to feel like like if you look at every American football team kind of similar to Man City here and what every Premier League team aspires to they have a super super complex don't they where there's like the home ground the hotels the training complex and the training complex at Man City is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and I think this UFC thing is going to be the same and I think we could see more and more fighters being based out of there maybe temporarily maybe just during the final weeks of training camp Uh, if anyone gets injured certainly in the US instead of flying home they'll fly them straight to Vegas and the whole injury recuperation if you remember when um, Conor McGregor, his first fight in the UFC, ruptured his knee, ruptured his, his knee ligaments. And he was flown to Los Angeles and he worked with this famous doctor in Los Angeles. And he basically lived in Los Angeles for like eight or ten weeks. We went out there and we did a photo shoot with him and stuff like that when I was on the magazine. And it, it kind of felt like he, he was there in LA on his own doing his recovery. And there's quite a lot of trust in him as a young athlete to, you know, Followed the recovery way, but now it seems like UFC have taken control of that and gone right. We get any serious injuries to any of our athletes, we'll just bring them here and they'll just stay on the complex and they'll train here. And we'll re- we'll make sure they have the right nutrients, the right recovery, the right doctors, the right everything. So it's a massive step forward in a lot of ways, but it also kind of makes you think, okay, now you know how many fighters are going to be based out of there? If that's like a super center, mm. you know, are we going to see a lot of fighters like emigrate and just basically move to Vegas to train at this one facility, or are they just going to rich pick a couple from each weight division? Like now they've got a heavyweight, Paige Van Zant will probably be next, and you know all of their favorites. And then how does that work when Naganu faces say, well, this Mark Hunt, who's yeah. had, who's had problems with the UFC? This is it. This is this was going to be my question. The what you've just talked about the rehabilitation and the facility to look after the fighters. I'm all for fantastic. Yeah, yeah. great stuff. But then. You're creating some kind of weird little monopoly on stuff, right? So not only are you the uh, the governing body, UFC? the sanctioning body, monopoly. Yeah, you you Adam Catterall, short mouth with soap. But then you're obviously taking control of individual fighters and their training camps. So I yeah. think the beauty is that these fighters are their own thing. They they live wherever they live. They train with whoever they train, and therefore they have power when they negotiate with the UFC for. Okay, well, I'm the A side or whatever it may be, and, and for this particular fight, I want X, Y, and Z. Yeah. If you are owned in a way by the UFC and you are at their beck and call regarding the training facilities, does your does your power kind of diminish a little bit for, for for the fighter? Potentially, but then you know, One Direction is was completely owned, managed, and put together by Simon Cowell, and they're not fucking complaining. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, well, how have you got One Direction into our fucking UFC show? <laughs> How has that happened? And why you? Why One Direction? How have you done that? It was the first thing that I, that I thought of. The first been... thing that you thought of was One Direction. When you said when I'm it... thinking of a, of, a, of a performing, you know, something that's generating cash, but that was purely put together by an organisation. Manufactured, yeah. yeah. A manufactured pop group. And they're not complaining. They're the biggest kiddie 
teeny boppers on the planet right now, making more money than anybody. So if you're Francis and Ganu, are you going to continue to train in Paris where the sport is fucking banned when you can't get the right training partners, when you can't get potentially coaches to take you to the next level, everything else? Or when you speak to the UFC, do they go, listen, son, if you move to Vegas, we can get you trained by Frank Mia, we can get you trained by this guy and yeah, that but you're guy, there and back former in champions then. and former this, and you'll get a heavyweight title shot and you'll get money and you won't have to be paying for flights and you won't have to be paying for coaches and you won't have to be paying for your nutrition or your anything else because it's all in one site. Now, that sounds great if he follows the plan, as in keeps knocking kids out. What yeah, if yeah. he gets knocked out? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, then what happens? Well, the same thing happened to Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell was the golden boy of the UFC because he was Dana's, you know, one of Dana's first signings as a manager before he became owner of the UFC. Dana White was manager of fighters in the UFC, likes of Tito, likes of Chuck Liddell, and he got to know the business and realised that they could make it better. And he contacted his friends who just happened to be multi-millionaire casino owners, and that's how they bought the UFC and that's how they got into it. So. Chuck Liddell was that guy. He was a made guy. He was a UFC made guy, if you like. But then after he got knocked out a few times, that's when Dana himself put his arm around him and said, listen, Chuck, you've had enough. You've you've made a lot of money. You've been our biggest star for this period of time. It's now time to move to one side. In terms of Francis Ngannou, if he loses, this is the beauty of MMA, if he gets knocked out a couple of times, it doesn't mean he's out of the title picture completely. No. It just means he would slide down the rankings, obviously. But if the UFC, it's in the UFC interest to obviously have those guys that are knocking kids out so therefore they can continue the momentum and Cheddar Ching yep. cashing on the money. Yep. So if he's not one of those, at the moment he is. Of course. He's like, oh, I want to see Ngannou fight. But if he becomes not one of those guys that you want to see fight, yep. and there's some other kid that is, yeah. Then they'll forget about him. Well, potentially, not. potentially, yeah. Well, that's the risk Nagano's going to take. You know, we're, all, we're purely speculating at the moment because he might not. He might end up at Syndicate or Extreme yeah. Couture. He might have another plan. But I'm just thinking they've got this incredible athlete support super center there. That you know, there's got to be a reason why it's there. You know, there's got to be a reason why mm. there's this amazing facility. Maybe they're not allowing guys to be based there full time. Maybe they're just like, oh, like when when Connor fought in Vegas, he hired that big mansion and, and he built a stuff. gym and all that. What was the fucking point? The UFC just go, oh, this is your gym. You can use this anytime you like, morning, noon, and night. It's up to you. It's there for you. You're a professional. You know, you're one of our rostered athletes. It's for you. And it might just be like a booking system. You know, they won't allow anybody from rival camps or from the same weight division to have her in the same day, but you just ring up. Oh, yeah, I'm in town. Can I use the gym? Well, you can't 10 till 11, such and such as in, but you can have it 11 till 12 if you want it. You know, that kind of, Hmm. you know. I don't know. I just think if you've got that facility. It's going to be interesting how that plays out, yeah. Yeah, You mentioned Chuck Liddell's name there. Um, Big Chuck, yeah, the Iceman. Chuck Liddell, come back, discuss. Fucking hell. It's Can not, you believe it? No, man, come on, come on. I don't know, you know, people are talking about it. It's game Who's attraction. talking about it? John Hackleman, his coach, is talking about it for one, his, you know, his, his famous coach. How old is the Chuck pit. now? Oh, I don't know, about 74, <laughs> 73. Mate, this is getting, this, no. Chuck, let it, you've got, this is the problem with some fighters. They just It just doesn't leave them, does it? You know what I mean? And they have a look at the system and they have a look at how much money's floating around and there's a lot of money floating around in this business as they've all just seen yep. with WME and IMG buying the gaff for $4 billion. So they're all going, fancy a bit of that. I could still do a bit. I could still do a bit. Go on, let's dust, it. Let's dust my old gold chain off and see, get myself back in. See, that doesn't help when Chuck posts the pictures of himself on social media. He looks mint. Ripped to bits. Mate, he looks mint. He but lo- the point is, he looks ripped to bits. He looks great. But he can't move. 
But yeah, you know, how did he get in he's got, that kind got, of shape? He's, he's got he never fit. got in that shape eating fucking bananas and drinking smoothies. I'm telling you that right now. There's no chance. So get him in e- the pool. Get him in. Get him in. That's what I mean. To, pool. to even get back in the pool, you know what I mean? It's going to take six months of drug testing before he can. He's 47 now. You know, it's 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 crazy. But then Hackleman. How much is he weighing? Where's he, where's he at? He's not far off. I think he's only about 220 or something like that, 225. Look at these pictures. So what's he's, he thinking he's, of? He's, he's well, thinking he, light he, he go back to 205. Yeah, yeah, he go back to light heavy. He's not going to go any... He, he's not going to come back as a heavyweight. He's obviously not big enough, but... I think Jay Glazer, the NFL reporter, he started it because he was training with Chuck and was like, fuck, Chuck could still do it. And that's, oh, got, that's got the conversation that. you, going. Nothing, you don't need your mates around you in your ear going, go on, Chuck, you can do a bit, mate. Go on, you can do a bit. Yeah, I can do a bit. I can, yeah, I'm going to get in there. No, Chuck. It's moved on. Let it go. Interestingly, Hackleman, he was actually a diamond of a coach as well. And uh, Hackleman, he was on he was on a podcast in the US and they were asking him about it because of the Jay Glazer thing. And and obviously, Chuck had put that image out, which I've just showed you. Anyone that, mm. that wants to see it, go on to Chuck Liddell's uh, Instagram account and you see this image and it looks like Chuck Liddell from, you know, 20 years ago. He's got a six-pack and everything else. Um, but in that conversation, he said, well, you know, Chuck could come back for one fight, but you know what's three million bucks? You know we could what's three million bucks when he could tarnish his legacy? And that was the one thing that jumped out to me because I thought, what? <laughs> who the who the fucks who, who the fucks mentioned three million dollars? Yeah, who's offering like, three million? Who the fucks put three million dollars on the table to see Chuck Liddell fight again? And if so, we want Randy. We want Chuck versus Randy for three million each. Jesus Christ! It's crazy, isn't it? It's Mate. fucking. It's it's a scary thought. Get like, the Zimmer frames ready for. for there was a reason the why Dana White put a big hook around Chuck's neck, and that's because the guy becomes so chinny. It was unreal, and it was almost, you know, it, it kind of felt like he was paying the price for all those years of just knocking people out for fun. That he suddenly became chinny. It was the irony of professional sport, you know, that his whiskers be grew soft. But then time away, and he sees how the sport's grown, and he's looking at. People like Conor making more money than and, probably his entire era maybe, put together. And maybe Bellator. Because Bellator are doing this like yeah. Legends toy thing, aren't they? I think the only thing with Chuck is, and, and no IMG cut him loose, obviously Chuck and Matt, Matt Hughes, uh, Forrest Griffin. I think Forrest still works at the UFC, I'm pretty sure he does. But basically those guys who were basically Dana's mates, they were all given titles with the UFC after they retired. Like, Chuck, Chuck you've got to retire, son. We'll make your athlete develop liaison officer. And we'll pay you a million dollars a year. Don't you worry about it, son. Mustache consultant exactly. with, with a mohawk. But you speak to people who work at the UFC and you're like, Chuck's fucking never here. Like Matthews, never here. They just got these, just been given titles and they just get paid wedge to to basically be, you know, ambassadors. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they don't actually do anything. Now Forrest different. Forrest got the same thing. Obviously, Forrest won tough one, so he yeah, was looked yeah. after. But Forrest goes everywhere. He's all over the world with the UFC, preaching about MMA, preaching about UFC. So he earns his money, but Matthews and Chuck, they just fucking rode off into the sunset. So when IMG bought it, they were the first two to go. Jeez. Sorry, son, you don't do it. Sorry, son. They were gone, you know what I mean? So maybe Chuck's uh, maybe Chuck's running out of cash. Strange. Strange world. But listen, on, on your point about Bellator, if Chuck Liddell fought in Bellator, Dana, Dana White would drop a bollock. Do you know what I mean? I can't see that ever happening. If, if he's going to do it, it'll be in the UFC and it'll be a very carefully selected opponent. But listen, he's 47. The sport doesn't need it. Mm. Surely Chuck Liddell doesn't need it. Christ's sake. Um, before we move on to other older guys that uh, are threatening... Um, calling it a day in the UFC and one it looks like most certainly is after uh, UFC 212 um, I want to talk about Jermaine Durandamay 
because as soon as Cyborg gets a little bit of a whiff of having a crack at a title, there's hot rumours going on at the moment regarding the champ, calling it a day, calling it retirement. I mean, when I, off the back of our awards, right, I don't know if you remember this because you were leathered and snoring, but off the back of the awards, I walked in from Wembley after being at AJ versus Klitschko, and one of the first things you said to me, said, hey, have you seen about Jermaine Durand, eh? I said, go on. She's retired. And both of us just started pissing ourselves, absolutely <laughs> laughing our heads off. Um, now, I've looked into it. You've looked into it. There's no official confirmation from anyone at the UFC. There's no official confirmation from Jermaine Naranime or anybody on her team. In fact, her team have come out and denied the fact uh, that she is retiring. But there's no smoke without fire, man. There must be something cooking somewhere. Yeah. What do you reckon? Well, I see Cyborg now has come out and called out Megan Anderson yeah. for the title. Um so that's interesting. I don't know whether the random... Has she vacated? Has she not vacated? Because there's, there's no official. There's nothing official at the moment. And they're adamant that, um, you know, she's she's just sorting some things out. The random, obviously, she had the hand injury. Yeah, she's hurt around. After, yeah, yeah. after Holly Holmes. So they're kind of getting their, getting their ducks in a row right now. But... Um, It'd be, you're it, right, there's no smoke without fire. And hmm. I can only imagine that the random, if she isn't going to vacate if she isn't going to retire the vacate thing might be real I think she might be thinking you know what I ain't a lightweight I'm going to go back down and I'm going to challenge for the bantamweight belt you know I ain't a a featherweight sorry I'm going to go back down and challenge for the bantamweight belt as the featherweight champion so kind of go okay well I'm the champ so I surely I walk straight into a fight a a title shot at bantamweight um but you know, good luck at that, Amanda Nunes. She ain't no. I know Cyborg's a beast, but Amanda Nunes is just as strong and just mm. as just as uh, ambitious. I mean, the Raman, if the Random May struggles to get down to bantam weight, and it's a tough weight. Oh, she'll make it. She don't want Cyborg. Worse, she don't listen, want Cyborg, mate. She's going down. She'll I'd rather make it. fight Amanda Nunes every day of the week than Chris Cyborg. I'll tell you that right now. Mm. So there you go. Um, Rumours at the moment. I'm no doubt in the next seven days we'll have uh, a little bit more confirmation for you. And speaking of uh, rumours. Starting their own rumours, these Brazilian lads, aren't they? Love them. Love them to bits. First of all, we'll go to Vita Belfort, all right? So Vita Belfort, uh, Nate Marquardt, uh, UFC 212, last one contracted for Vita Belfort. Yeah. That's it. He's out the game, man. Since I mean, he's, out. he's been in there for such a long period of time. Sensational. Don't, listen, I know we slag him and we give him so much abuse because of the amount of TRT that he's fucking shot up his ass, right? Yep. The amount of... Um, uh, testosterone replacement treatment that he has gone through to become an absolute animal in the world of UFC. We give him abuse for, but he, he is a legend. He's a legend of the sport. We've met him when he came over in Manchester. He was a very sweet guy with us. Top, top geezer. But this is it. This is the end of the ride. Yeah. Mainly because he's not allowed to take his TRT anymore, so he can't compete with the big boys. Yeah, and you know what? <clears throat> we do t- we do take the piss out of Vitor a little bit, but Vitor and his wife, who's his manager, is actually an absolute diamond. Um, they're just lovely people, lovely family people. But we just need to remember that Vita Belfort started his UFC career 20 years ago at UFC 12 or whatever it was. He won the UFC tournament, the light heavyweight tournament, when he was age 19, which is just fucking frightening. And, you know, he's he, that was a different age then. That was a different time for yeah. mixed martial arts. And that for the UFC. Time, yeah, that was a time when steroids were rife in the sport, when, you know... Performance enhancing drugs weren't an issue because the sport wasn't a. It wasn't even a sport. It was more of a spectacle than a sport. And over time, obviously, 
mixed martial arts has grown stronger. The UFC has become global. The UFC has become a lot more organised. The rule set has been defined. The the uh, the introduction of the the USADA testing came in. They appointed, you know, one of the biggest, one of the most successful drug cheat hunters in the whole of sports, and Jeff Nowitzki. He's come in. The UFC have done everything they can to make mixed martial arts and the UFC as a brand the cleanest sport out there. And it, unfortunately, to make that happen, to to become a clean sport, and we're we're all for that, aren't we? You know, at the end of the day, if two People are going to step into a, an octagon and fight. Level playing field. It's got to be a level playing field. It's got to be about talent. It can't be about pharmaceuticals because that's how people die. Um, and so, unfortunately, Vita Belfort and Vandalay Silva and Rampage Jackson and that Randy Couture and, and we just talked about Chuck Liddell, that generation... Their time is done. Their time was different. This is a new time yeah. now. So it's it's a natural progression. It, it was inevitable that, you know, the, the, this generation... It was TRT because the TRT became like a masking agent for old use of steroids and whatever else. So, listen, in five years' time, we'll be out of that. We'll be clean of it. And anyone that gets busted then should be banned for life, in my opinion. But this, this tail end now, the likes of Vitor and stuff like that, let's just let them get done. Let's just, you know... Let, Let's just let them finish their careers mm. and hold their legacies up because they Vita Belfort created the legacy when drug testing wasn't. So he was the best amongst that era of that time when drug testing was what it was. This is a different era now, but let's celebrate him for what he was rather than vilify him for what he is now. Which we do every week. Which we do every <laughs> week, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's not the only one. You know, no, We need no, to no. kind of cut them a break and go, listen, okay, your generation's done now. It's, it's when guys of this generation like Vito was a couple of years ago, beating the likes of Luke Rockhold and stuff, and you're thinking, for fuck's sake, man, you, you know, it's still, it's you're still riddled. Yeah, yeah. It's not fair. We, we want clean. We, yeah, yeah, the sport yeah. is clean now. So, listen, I'll celebrate that. I'll celebrate that last performance because I'm a massive Vito Belfort fan. I grew up watching Vito Belfort in the UFC. One of the reasons why I fell in love with the UFC. So, yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait for that finale performance. So he gets a little bit of a dance out in Brazil. One yeah. man that wants that dance out in Brazil is Anderson Silva. Now, let's just give a little bit of background as to what is happening with Anderson Silva at this moment in time. He was obviously down for Kelvin Gastelum, yeah? 212. That would have been an amazing, amazing fight. This is all happening in Rio, June 5th. June 3rd. Yep. June 5th. Uh, June. Early June, right? June, yeah. Um, so, Gastelum gets popped for marijuana. He's off the bill. Now... We're at the start of May. We're a month away, three, four weeks away from, obviously, UFC 212. Anderson Silva still does not have an opponent. So he's got on his iOS. He's been talking to the UFC. UFC's coming back with absolutely nothing to him. He's thrown his toys out of the pram because a, a year ago or two years ago, he had a conversation with Dana White, and Dana White offered him... He said, listen, when GSP comes back, it's going to be you, mate. Yeah. That's not obviously happening because it's Michael Bisping because yeah. he's the champ and GSP has just been thrown straight in at the middleweights. He's not a middleweight, but he's been thrown straight in at the middleweights and be given a world title shot. This is obviously pissed off Anderson Silva. Um, so he's going absolutely crackers and he's basically threatened retirement. What he wants is this. He wants to fight in Rio at UFC 212. He wants Joel Romero for an interim middleweight championship or he's retiring. Now, I'm sure we've both got very strong opinions on this, but for me, you've only won once since 2012, Anderson. Yeah. How the fuck can you make that demand? No chance. Absolutely no chance is that fight going to come off. Um, 
it's crazy. Yo but, Romero you know. wants it though as well. Yo Romero jumped in on, on it as oh, well. Oh, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll have to Oh, fight. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want it. I agree with you, my brother. I agree with you and all this type of, you're Mike, all this type of stuff. I agree with you. Let's make the fight. UFC 212, interim me and uh, me and Anderson. Lads, you're fucking deluded. Yeah. What what are you, what are you what game do you think is going on here? I don't you know what? I, don't, I didn't know that Yo Romero was down for it though. If Yo Romero was down for it, that shit might happen. That might actually go down because if you if you were Mike Bisping, would you not be up, up for that as well? Get on with it, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, Come on, on, Anderson, knock him out. Cr- exactly. <laughs> Crack on, boys. Crack on. And uh that honestly, I didn't know Yo Romero was was happy to for make that He's fight up for as it. well, like because I think that might happen now then. I think that could actually we could actually see that happen. For an interim belt. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Uh, just do it. Just do it. If you know, at the end of the day, Romero's overdue his title shot anyway. Anderson's you know, still one of the biggest stars in the sport, despite the fact that he hasn't won in five years. Uh, or he's won once in five years, sorry. Which was against, against Brunson. Against Brunson, who just Wh- didn't turn up. You should have given it to him. But, yeah, yeah. You know, what's Brunson? That- number seven or eight in the mm. rankings. So, yes, it's Anderson way, jumping way above his station right now because he's no longer he's no longer top ten. But then again, listen, if Romero's down for it, man, that shit might happen. I'm telling you now, we might see that. That fight might come off. For an interim belt. For the interim in Rio. belt in Rio, yeah. And therefore, Mike can't run any more from one of those. Exactly, yeah. But, but the not good that thing Mike's is, running. It put well, he is, but it puts. No, them, he's not. Come he's on, he's running straight into the the, the pa- pennies and pounds of GSPs. Yeah, yeah. Well, is he? Well, this is it. Is he? That, what the that, fuck is going that, on with that, this GSP? That whole combat story's getting not? even more weirder, right? Because you told me right at the start, it's not going to happen because GSP is a dickhead and it just won't happen. Yeah. So we don't have a date at this moment in time. Nobody's confirming anything from GSP's point of view. But every time. I watch Mike on TV or I listen to his show. I listen to him, him talk. He talks about his knee injury being worse than it actually... Because he's had a surgery on his knee at this moment in time and he's been in Bangkok doing um, a film and he's back in the UK now sorting a legal battle out. And whenever I hear him speak, he's, he's talking like he's saying, oh, yeah, it's taking a little bit longer to recuperate and all this type of stuff. Now, the UFC announced... Did they announce Edmonton last week? Yes, so two, two on six, that's... Uh... Rogers place in Edmonton, California. September, uh, Canada, yeah. September the 9th. September. So they've announced uh, a show in Canada. Which has got to be perfect. Absolutely perfect. Name the fucking headline. Just put yeah. them on. Just say September. Bispin, GSP, that's when we're doing it. We're going to go to Canada and do it. It's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, that would make perfect sense. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? If, unless GSP is blown smoke up our ass once again. You know, that's, that's the whole thing about it. But in terms of... Anderson Romero, let's fucking do it because we haven't got this. We haven't got this middleweight fight nailed on, and we're looking at it now. So we're looking at two one three in Vegas in in July. That is already Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw. Great fight. Then we've got two one four, the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. We're being told that's Daniel Cormier versus potentially John, John Jones, Jones or, or Jimmy, Jimmy Manoa. Two one five hasn't been announced. Two one six in Canada. Just do it, man. Just fucking. Either confirm it or let's move on. Mm. You know, that's how I feel about it. But listen, I don't blame Romero for jumping at Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's not the fighter he once was. Like, the the, the magic's gone now. The, the, aura's, the aura oh, of Romero would smash gone. him up. Like, Romero would do a number on him. I think that's why he's thinking, I'll get back in the shop window. I'll do a number on Anderson Silva and I can go, right. Yo, Mike. Bispin, <laughs> let's do it. Like, screw GSP. Let's me and you do it in Canada instead. Because GSP ain't going to commit to it. Mm. Just a little point, because next week's going to be all about UFC 211. Where it's, yeah, in a, it's an unbelievable can't card. Wait. Here, check this out for a stat, right? 
Um, USC 211's got 14 fights at this moment in time. Now, yeah. obviously, let's not fucking get too far Couple ahead of ourselves. People should drop off, yeah. Well, it's, it's the UFC, for crying out loud. There'll be a bit of towel gate. There'll be a few people missing weight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody will be sick on the morning of the fight. And they... isn't, it, isn't it mad that we're saying that now, where there's two years ago where you'd be like, oh, that's 14 fights in that card, that's yeah. awesome. And there wouldn't be any slight on it. But now, because of all this early weighing bullshit and the yeah. fact that, you know, we haven't had a, a pay-per-view UFC event in about a year that hasn't been an effect, affected by a pullout, now... Now it's become a thing. Now it's become a... Well, this, well, is, this is the UFC, so that's it. no fuck up. Well, this is, this is my point with it, right? So UFC 211, 14 fights at this moment. As we stand here today, 14 fights are scheduled for that, right? That is the most on a single card since UFC 2, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most on a single card since UFC 2. That tells me one thing. The UFC are expecting... Yeah, yeah. They're expecting dropouts. Of course. They're expecting weight cut issues, and yeah. therefore, oh shit, right, well, we're having all Let's these complaints. stack the card. That stack the card will wow. allow for maybe three or four to fall off. We've yeah. still got 10 to go. You're right. You're absolutely right, because there's no way they'll do a 14 fight card. It mm. just won't happen, because that would have to start at about three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it would. For that to happen. So there's just no way they'll do 14 fights, but that's where the UFC is right now in terms of their pay-per-view events, and have been for a year, that not one hasn't suffered because of injuries or weight cutting issues or whatever else. So, yeah, you're right. Let's just hope it's not, you know, not one of the top fights, the two title fights, because obviously your girl's back. Yeah, love it. And then we're seeing a rematch for the heavyweight title versus Majocic and De Santos, the first of which was a belter. So. Yeah, big fan of Majocic as well. And not only that, I mean, we spoke about this, we've alluded to this previously, we'll go right into it next week. But if you look at the prelims, man, Frank is on the prelims of the, of the card, you know what I mean? It's How crazy. can you not get excited about that topping the prelim? And Eddie Alvarez, fucking on the prelims, sorry. He's the headline of the prelims, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie Alvarez, obviously the man that obviously Conor McGregor put manners on. Yeah. He's the top of the prelims, and then you've got a card that is absolutely stacked with a ridiculous amount of unbelievable UFC talent. It's crazy. Absolutely bonkers. And, and it's happening uh, a week of Saturday. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm hoping to get us uh, some time on the phone with Christoph Jocko as well, a Polish fighter out in Thailand. You like him, don't you? You're a big fan I'm of him. I'm a mate of his, yeah. So I'll get him on the, uh, I'll get him on the old blower, and we'll get him on next week's show for sure before we count down to that 2-11. Um, let's just hope he's not the one. He's not one of the ones that's cut. <laughs> Uh, just before we clear off this week, um, I know that we've not got fights to talk about, to go through. Um, so this, if this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, we're not necessarily a news show. Um, we do discuss the fights, but there's not been anything last weekend and there's nothing coming up this weekend. So we've just been talking about the current affairs, I suppose, that is happening in the UFC. If you yeah. want to subscribe to this, you can do. Uh, fightdisciples.com is our website. Please go there, hit the subscribe button, and you'll get normally three shows a week. This week we're doing four shows a week because there's a lot going on in the world of boxing. Obviously, we AJ Klitschko last weekend, Canelo Chavez Jr. this weekend. Got four shows for you, so make sure you get subscribed and therefore you'll never miss out on our content. And one thing that I will 100% be doing, all right, and this is a little treat for you because you might not have seen this, I am going to somehow manage to rip the video of the latest Reebok advertisement. Have you seen this? No. Paige Van Zandt. Oh, I've seen it. It's quite titillating. Titillating is the word, my friend. <laughs> now, she's got a little bit of a backlash from fellow UFC fighters, yeah. mainly because that's the word I'm using, fighters. Fighters operate in a certain way, yeah? There's a certain way that you would shoot a fighter's television advertisement. Obviously, Reebok have this huge deal with the UFC. They're sponsored fighters. Mm-hmm. You wear their gear during fight week, all this type of stuff. Now, who do you pick? You obviously pick the good-looking ones, don't you? Someone maybe like a Cody Garbrandt might be uh, featured yep. in some of these uh, Reebok advertisements. But if you're going to go for the girls, I mean, there's a there's a plethora of talent that you could go through. You could go through Michelle Waterson for the, uh, for the karate hottie uh, effect. But they've gone with Paige Van Zandt. 
Now, anybody that's seen Paige knows that she's a very attractive young lady. She's been on Dancing with the Stars. She looks a million dollars. Girl next door beauty, isn't she? That's SoCal beauty. That's what I was just about to bring up. The girl next door, right? Oh, no, no, no. They've turned her into the slag next door. That's what they've done. (laughs) I don't know if you... You need to... Honestly, I'm going to stick this on some social media somewhere. The new Reebok advertisement for Paige Van Zandt. Honestly, mate. I'll tell you something. Risky. Well, I was watching it yesterday. My three-year-old was sat on my knee, right? He was watching Peter Rabbit on the television. (laughs) Right, that's not a euphemism, by the way, for what we're about to talk about. But he's watching Peter Rabbit on the telly, and I've got my phone here. I'm just flicking through social media. I see the advert, and the advert comes on. So obviously, his attention then comes to my phone because there's music and there's a bit of this. Bloody hell! I'll have to turn this off. He's a bit of a porno. What's going? What's going on here? Stop! Stop! And he's like, "What's that, Daddy? Stop it! Don't look." I'll just look. Just Just having a little. Daddy, go in the bathroom. Yeah. Bloody hell, Paige! What's going on here, kid? Yeah, talk about uh, getting rid of that clean-cut image. Why do that, though? Full on. I don't know, because they kind of did that They don't need to sex it up, do they? They kind of did that with Ronda as well, didn't they, if you remember? Everyone had these sports bras on, yet Ronda's had about six straps over the shoulders, so it was a bit revealing and all Mm. that. You think, you know, are are we still there, are we? Are we still stuck in that generation of, like, you know, mad men fucking, you know, sex cells kind of era? I don't know. Are we? Maybe, Maybe we are, but... While it was titillating for men, it must have been embarrassing for most women. Like, I ain't going to buy that chain equipment. If you think that's what women want, then fuck you. Mm. you know, Especially when you're using a serious athlete. The girl's a serious athlete. She's yeah, a very talented time, yeah. UFC 100%. star. Yeah, yeah. So why not show her do, doing that? Because she's sexy. And whoever's booked the advert has gone, let's do the old sex sell. Let's, let's get her get ass the, out. Let's get the water gun out and give it a bit of a... <laughs> Bit of a glisten on a chest and then put this sports Let's bar get on the and... water gun out. <laughs> get the halls out. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. Hooters yeah. it is. Go on, kid. Exactly. Have a dance around in that. How embarrassing. And yet, you've, you look at that advert. So anyone should watch that advert with, with Paige Van Zandt and think, fucking hell, what are Reebok doing here? Mm. And then look at, say, the LucasAid advert for Anthony Joshua Great and ad. the build-up to the Klitschko Great fight. Ad sensational telling his life story and all that kind of work hard and real ethics and I don't know I think someone at Reebok needs to have a bit of a slap on the wrists for that one if you ask me Mm. I'm surprised Paige Van Zandt's management team went for it though as well because she's a serious athlete do you know what I mean she's got this is IMG's world this is what IMG do you know it surprised me Sex sells, man. Sex sells. Unfortunately so yeah just on on the fight 211 coming up as well did you notice this week that my boy Tyron Woodley was calling out everybody and sundry. Just happened to not mention Damian Meyer or Jorge Masvidal, <laughs> who fight next week. It seems like my boy Tyron is desperate to get an opponent before Masvidal and Damian Meyer fighting. Let's what what is basically a extremely final, final, final eliminator yeah. to fight. For he's that confirmed for July, though, isn't he? Yes, but he hasn't got an opponent. Has no, he? no, no, no. So he's so, confirmed for July. So basically, what you're saying is that you, he's hoping that someone doesn't get knocked out quick this weekend, so therefore no, he no. can turn it round in two weeks. I think he's hoping he gets an opponent of marquee before one of these guys comes through a first round finish on skates That's and goes, I mean, yeah. "Hey man, I'm fresh as a daisy. I can do it in two weeks. Let's time. do it, yeah." Because he doesn't want to fight Damian Meyer. He no. doesn't want to fight Jorge Masvidal for that point. I think this week he called out Conor McGregor, Michael Bisping, George Saint Pierre, Nate Diaz, and Nick Diaz. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> there's one lovely narrative running through all that money, one, money and belts, money and belts. <laughs> you gotta love Tyron, man. You can't knock that. We shit. need to get Tyron on the show, man. Yeah, man. We will. Got we will. Sense of humour. He'll get him on. We'll the get show. him on. He's a diamond. Hundred uh, percent. Thank you. So so much for uh, listening to us once again. Every Thursday, we bring you a UFC show. 
Uh, this week, a little bit more watered down than usual. Next week, we're getting stuck into UFC 211. And what a hell of a card it is. I've no doubt, hopefully by this time next week, we'll be talking about maybe three or four fights that have fallen off the card um, and taking the piss out of it a little bit. But make sure you're with us because the card is stacked. It will be sensational. I'm going to go on record now and say, yes, the pay-per-view events have not stacked up to the uh, fight night events that we've had so far in 2017. 211 will not let us down, man. 211 will not let us down. Make sure you come and join us. Subscribe via our website, fightdisciples.com. You get award-winning content now, week to week. Be a part of it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.